Good morning. Ah, it's the beginning of the Advent season. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, those of you, some of you grew up in uh, a tradition that uh, recognized Advent and probably uh, maybe a lot more than we do. Uh, if you've been here for a while, you've certainly heard us talk about it before. And some of you are going, what? Uh, well, we'll try to explain a little bit of that today, uh, as well as get into some other things. Uh, <clears throat> but we want to talk about the second coming of the Lord some today, because that is part of Advent. We'll go there in a second. Would you stand with me? Oh, and psych. <laughs> no, go ahead and stand. I, I, this, this will just take a second. Today's your last opportunity to see smoke on the mountain. And if you haven't seen it, you, <laughs> you really need to. Um, but I would advise either getting here early or getting your tickets before you leave today because it's, it's going to be crowded. Uh, but that's great. Uh, signs of his coming. Uh, this is a passage that we want to read from Matthew. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the, the life and the truth and the power that are in your word. And I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that every person here, that you would quicken us, Lord, that, that you would by your power, strip away all of the layers of deadness that the world has laid on us this week and make us alive to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Advent. Uh, the word itself is, is, is very simple. It's got really three, three primary meanings. Uh, the beginning of an event, the invention of something, or the arrival of a person. Uh, which one of those three do you think this season would be about? Yeah, the first, the first service was really smart. They, they knew the answer to this. It's a real question. Which one of these three do you think the season would be about? The arrival of a person. Yes. And that person would be? Yeah. Okay. You can go home now. No, you can't actually because I'm not done. Uh, Yes, the, the arrival of, of, of Jesus. Uh, now, you've, perhaps you've heard of the term in connection with, um, with, with a, a religious context or some things, you know, maybe Advent wreath or Advent candle, uh, uh, Advent, Advent season, that, a whole bunch of different things. They even have an Advent tree, I think some, some churches do. And we used to do, uh, we used to do uh, an Advent, Advent candle. Quite frankly, uh, it just didn't do anything for me. Uh, very, just, just to be honest, cause it was, Hey, we lit a candle. Okay. Uh, but you know, if it, in some places where, you know, they understood the tradition a bit more and it had meaning that, that's great. That, that, that's wonderful to do. Um, 
Advent actually started over 1,500 years ago. We don't really know exactly when, but uh, over, over a millennium and a half ago, the church began to observe uh, a period before the celebration of the Christ Mass, Christmas. And uh, actually, back in the earlier stages of it, it would be six weeks long. Uh, rather than rather than four, and it would be very much like the Lenten season. It would be accompanied with fasting and a period of penance uh, and, and things of that nature. Um, some 500 years or so ago, for sure by that time, in the Western church, it had become a period of the four Sundays uh, preceding Christmas. And um, a, a, a lot of the, the penitent nature of the season had kind of been taken away, and it, and it was more a, a time of expectation a time of preparing our hearts, focusing on the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, there's actually two comings of Jesus Christ to focus on. One of them, of course, was when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. But then uh, the other one would be uh, when he's coming again. And what, what we do here at, at this church is we take the four, seas, the four Sundays before Christmas and we do teaching uh, about the coming of Christ both his first coming and his second coming. Uh, we also have a, a couple of special services that we do during this season. The Wednesday night before Christmas is Carol's by Candlelight. And this year it'll be on the 20th, and it's just simply the most wonderful night of the year. It'll be our 30th annual, by the way. Uh, and you may go, but Wayne won't be leading it this year. Well, Wayne didn't start it. In fact, I, I remember the first time that Wayne came to a Carol's by Candlelight, uh, I had I had printed out a little booklet uh, of the lyrics because we didn't have, you know, things. I printed out a little a little booklet of of the lyrics for each song, and I asked my my oldest daughter Arwen to come up and lead away in a manger with me. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, yeah it really was until we got to the verse that said, "Bless all the dead children in Thy tender care." And uh, I realized maybe I had done a typo at that. At that. But. Uh, Anyway, the 20th, Carol's by Candlelight, and you should have seen the look Arwen gave me. I'll never forget it. Dad? Uh, And in Christmas Day, Christmas Day from 11 to noon, and it's, it's the fastest hour of the year, and it really fills that hole in the day that, uh, uh, that people often end up feeling when all they do is give presents and eat. Anyway, uh, okay, today uh, we want to actually talk about the second advent of Jesus Christ. Uh, Here at Springhouse, we've got seven statements of faith, and if you go on the website, you can can find them there uh, under the tab that says about us. And the seventh one, the seventh one says this, we believe that Jesus Christ will make an imminent physical return to earth to destroy the world system and establish the literal kingdom of God upon the earth. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And there was actually some thought that went into that. Uh, That word imminent, does anybody know what that means? It could happen at any time. You know, back when I I first came here, I occasionally would have people, that was 30 years ago, I'd occasionally have people coming up to me and going, well now, when do you think the rapture's going to happen? You know, what's your your theology of the tribulation? The truth of the matter is, I don't have one. You know, tribulation, yeah, I I think there'll be a tribulation, but depending on where you live, you may think you've been in it for quite a while already. (laughs) Seriously. 
You know, and and where the rapture comes in, oh, it's imminent. It's imminent. It could happen at any time. When I when I came back to the Lord in my mid twenties, for the first couple of years, I'd wake up every morning, and my first thought would be, "It could be today. It could be today. I want. I hope it is. I wonder if it will be." And you know, somewhere along the line, that I mean, I. I have to admit, it's not my first thought in the mornings anymore, but that's my loss. Because when that is your first thought in the morning, it sure changes the way you approach your day, the way you see things, the way that you, way that you start your day. And when he, when he comes, he's going to come and he's going to mess things up big time, which means he's going to clean the mess away. You know, the world system that we live in right now stinks. I mean, it, it, it just really does. Uh, and he's going to replace it with something called the kingdom of God, the literal kingdom of God. And do you know what the earmarks of the kingdom of God are? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Imagine living in a world where righteousness, peace, and joy. I mean, it's just oh, it's another day of peace and joy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus made it pretty clear that he would be, he would literally return to the earth. He said to his disciples, as lightning comes from the east and is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Everybody is going to see it. When he ascended into heaven, his, his disciples were told by the, by the angels, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way as you've seen him go into heaven. And then Paul, in writing to Timothy, and, and there are a lot of verses about this in the New Testament, but I just wanted to, to touch on a few. But Paul, in writing to Timothy, uh, he says, Now there is in, in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. A lot of people are familiar with that. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. Some, some translations say love his appearing, looking for his appearing. So, so he, is, he is coming, and the Bible also makes it clear it's not just going to be for a visit. He's coming to set up shop, okay? So what are the signs? What, what are the, the, the signs of his, his coming? Uh, back in 1929, I wasn't alive then, but I do, I've, I read books, and so I know there was a 1929, and I know that there were some things that happened then, and probably the the most um, memorable thing that happened from in this country anyway was the, the crash of the stock market. And um, a man named uh, Joseph Kennedy, he was uh, President Kennedy's, Kennedy's dad. Uh, he he made a lot of money in the stock market. A lot of people think the a lot of people think the Kennedys got their money out of bootlegging, but they actually were never into that. They got it out of the stock market. And as the story goes, uh, Joseph Kennedy escaped the crash of the stock market because uh, in the late summer of 1929, he was getting his shoe shine, and the shoe shine boy gave him a tip, a stock market tip. And he thought, if shoe shine boys are giving a stock market tip, it's time for me to get out of the stock market, which is what he did. For those who can read the signs, the benefits are very obvious if you can actually read the signs that are right in front of you. 
these Pharisees and these Sadducees came to Jesus and they said, we want to see a sign from heaven. And he said, no. Now, why did he say no? Was it because he wasn't able to produce a sign from heaven? Uh, No, he could produce a sign from heaven. He turned them down because they didn't know how to read signs. And this is often the case with us. I don't know, um, you know, and looking at, at these three pictures, there's only, there's only one that contains a creature that has an excuse for, not, for doing what they're doing. And that's because birds can't read. But have you ever seen a sign? Have you ever, have you ever seen a sign that said, do not touch? Did you touch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you see that, you always assume, no, that's for dumb people. That's not for me. Because I know how to touch. <laughs> yeah, I know how, I, I, I can do this. That, that's, for, that's for others. And that's, that's genuinely how we tend to, when, tend to look at things. You see, we want to see, okay, now this is what the whole sermon, this is the sermon encapsulated in just this phrase. We want to see great signs, but signs are of secondary importance if you can't read. The important thing is, do you know how to read the signs? The time. Jesus said, you, you can look at the sky and go, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty today, or it's going to rain today, or it's going to be a nice night, because you can tell the signs of the, of the sky, but you don't know how to read the signs of the times. I mean, God had been walking among them and doing magnificent things, and they're going, we would like to see a sign. Those asking for a sign are usually the, the, the worst readers of all. The Israelites, they saw great signs when they came out of Egypt. They saw great signs in Egypt. And then they saw great signs when they, I mean, for crying out loud, the Red Sea split open. They walked through on dry ground. Pharaoh and his army were destroyed. And yet, manna rained down from heaven, water from the rock, on and on and on and on. And yet, they still had to spend 40 years walking around in the wilderness because they didn't get it. They didn't get it. They didn't didn't understand, oh, maybe God can actually do stuff. Maybe it's okay to actually step out and follow his instructions on things. When Elijah called fire down out of heaven, Israel was there that day, and, and, and when the fire fell, they went, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Until next week, when things change, and uh, we'd like to see a sign. We need some evidence here. Not everyone who saw Lazarus raised from the dead believed. You know, there, there were people who, <laughs> you know, there are people, they've, they've, he's been in the grave for four days. They've, they've been here mourning with his sisters for this time. And, you know, he, and, and he comes walking out of the grave. And yes, there were those certainly who went, wow, this, this, is, this can only be God. There were others who went, eh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't quite get that. See, it's not, it's not the sign that actually impacts our lives. It's our, it's our ability to pay attention to it and go, oh, this is God speaking to me. Miraculous signs can be and will be used to deceive. 
Jesus said false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. Over in Revelation 13, 14, because of the the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceived the inhabitants of, of the earth. False signs. Let, let me let me give you let me give you a, a, some news you can use. This this is good information. False signs are easier to believe than real ones. False, false signs are easier to believe than you know. We read things like well to deceive even the elect. If that were possible, well those poor old elect. That's not me. The inhabitants of the earth. Well, that's every other inhabitant of the earth, not me, because it can't happen here. Couldn't happen to me. Well, we're encouraged to to read the signs. So what are they? Well, there's a bunch of them, but I want to touch on three today. And many, many of you have already heard all these three, but yeah, let's go there anyway. Uh, First one's Israel. Um. The existence of Israel from A.D. 70 until 1948, May the 14th to be exact, in 1948, there was no geographic nation of Israel in existence. That's almost 1,500 years. And the, pro- it, it, the, the problem was that there were so many things in Scripture concerning the, the return of Christ and that had to, there needed to be an Israel. And so by the 19th century, we just started making up crazy stuff, crazy talk, lost tribes and, you know, replacement theology and we're Israel and England's Israel and somebody else's Israel and uh, yeah, because we needed an Israel and nobody just kind of went, you know, I think God can restore an Israel. Yeah, it's been 14 centuries, but I think God can probably do that. And in fact, he, in, in fact, he, he did. Uh, that was May, May 14th. Uh, that was less than two years before I, I was born. I wasn't here when it happened, but you know, I mean, May the 14th of 1948, Israel came into the world and then February, two years later, I did. Uh, but, but still, it had been so recent by the time when I was growing up, it was like, I mean, every, every, that was all people could talk about for years, at least in the in the church or in the church that I that I grew up in. Wow, Israel exists now. Wow, I wonder when they're going to build a temple. I wonder when this is going to happen. I wonder when that's going. To, you know, Jesus is coming soon. Well, hey, it's been imminent for almost two thousand years now. It still is. Um, the second second thing is uh, social social evolution. This is. Uh, Second uh, Timothy three one through five. But mark this, and and you've heard this, but I got some things to say about it. Mark this: there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous. Rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Um, 
Every generation seems to think that things are worse than they were back in the day. I wonder if they're right. I, uh, I, I, do, uh, I do some uh, work for my son uh, at his bakery. I don't, I don't actually cook anything. You don't, you don't have to worry. Uh, but uh, but I, it, I do get to hang out with some 30-somethings, and, and especially the mid to older 30-somethings. It is such a hoot to, to be in a meeting with them and hear them talk about these kids. You know, you just can't count on them. You don't know. What, yeah, it, it's going... <laughs> I used to say that about you. In fact, I might have said it about your daddy. I don't know. <laughs> Just give me a little time. We'll get there. Uh, and, it's, and it's happened so often that we kind of we we just pass it off as uh, every generation thinks that. Well, maybe every generation thinks that because that's in fact what's happening. Maybe the the direction isn't this way. Maybe the direction is that way in which we're going. Just something to ponder and think about. And, you know, different, at different times, and depending on who you're talking to, you might, you might get different focuses on, on that. I know uh, when I was growing up, it was about those who had a form of godliness but denied its power. You know, and you, we need to stay away from those people who don't believe in the power of God. Uh, you know, and there might be others who'd focus on some other things. I wonder how many people focus on the fact that folks will be lovers of money. Surely, surely they don't mean that. Surely that it doesn't mean I'm not supposed to love money. Why else am I buying these lottery tickets if I don't love money? You know, why, why else am I? Why else? And some people, why else am I paying my tithe? That's totally the wrong reason to be paying your tithe. But for some people, that, that's, that's kind of what it... Well, you, you know, Pastor, before I came here, I, the preacher on TV told me it was okay to love money. Turn him off. He was messing with you. No, actually, he was lying to you. Now, God, it's not, it's not, a, it's not bad to have money. I'm not saying God doesn't want us to prosper, but he wants our hearts and our souls and our lives to prosper. And most of us would be destroyed by a lot of money. Just look around. Because you know people who are there for that. Lovers of money have nothing to do with them. So when I said turn it off, I was just saying what Paul says. Okay, I'll move on. Uh, speaking of money, and you know this one, Revelation 13, 16 through 17, he also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Um, now, when I, was, when I was a kid growing up, um, when I was a kid growing up, we, we, uh, we used to go, wow, how could that possibly ever happen? I mean, who in the world would want a tattoo on their forehead? Uh, 
Uh, who'd want around their neck? I don't know, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, no offense. Uh, you know, or on their head or whatever. Uh, but, hey, and I'm not saying, oh, those people with tattoos. No, no, no. It's a tattoo people. But, you know, what, what I'm saying is attitudes have big time changed. You know, it's not even that. When I was a teenager, you know, it, was, it wasn't about tattoos anymore. It was about, ooh, they're going to inject a microchip inside of you. And, you know, I'm, and, and maybe, maybe they are. They just ain't going to do it to me. It might be a bunch of good reasons to do it, but I'm too freaked out for that. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now uh, to, to let that happen. But, you know, this, this money thing and being able to just, you know, uh, scan or whatever. Hey. I stood in a line to check out on Black Friday for 40 minutes someplace. Those pe- people were paying with cash and checks. And I just, they just went out and got on their mule and rode home after it was over. <laughs> you know, I, I get my phone out and go, bing, <laughs> thank you. You know, leave, go get my little hybrid vehicle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so convenient and so wonderful. And if, and if, and you know, when people are traveling all over the world now, how many people here have been outside of the United States? Do you know how many hands would be lifted 20 years ago, even if I'd asked that maybe a 10th of the ones that were raised right now. And you know, when you get out, one of the biggest hassles is you got to give them your money to get their money, and they give you a bad exchange rate on it, and then when you come back, you got to give them their money to get your money, and you get a bad exchange rate on that. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to just be able to say, here, or whatever. Oh my goodness. Now, some would say, we've heard all this. You know, you're not telling us anything we haven't heard. You, 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 you teach about this two or three times a year. Yeah, well, people need to know it. You know, you, you've, we've heard you talk about Israel before. Yeah, well, there it is. You know, you, you've even talked about this uh, social decline, if you will. Yeah, I have. Some would say, we've heard all this before. We've got to really see a sign. And I would say, learn to read. You know, learn to read. It's there. It's there. See it. He's coming. He's coming soon. And this season, you know, while, while I don't get up every morning and go, it could be today, you know, this would be a good season for me to... Maybe start that practice again. Yeah, I can, I can do it for a month. I can intentionally put it, put it in my internal clock and, and do it for a month. 